Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Warp Community AMA. Let's take a listen. Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Indeed. Hey. Hey, Terry, there. What's going on? Hey, hey. How's your day so far? Not too bad. I'm uh, actually out here in sunny Las Vegas visiting some family for the holidays, so. Very nice. It's warmer than where I'm usually living. And yeah, there's big storms lately. Probably dodge that. I'm about to fly head first back into it, though. <laughs> no, I'm trying to avoid it. I got to go home for Christmas today instead of the weekend because we're supposed to get like like 12 inches of snow in one day. Yikes! Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to to chat about this. You guys have been uh, seems like working pretty hard behind the scenes and. The from the the screenshots I saw, um, like the interface looks looks fairly familiar to to enterprise. Is it the same team or is it a different team working on it? Or you have like a a UI guy that you guys share? Or that <laughs> yeah, work? yeah. So, um, the the guy who designed the original, um, the original UI for enterprise is the same person who designed it for Warp. So very similar design patterns there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I guess like, you know, before we dive directly into warp, I do just want to ask, um, a more broad question. If you don't mind, I know you DM to me and specifically said, don't ask any questions that aren't related to warp, <laughs> but I'm going to break your role. Um, you know, I'm just curious what sort of the vision is because, uh, seeing some of the screenshots from warp and like, how warp works and then enterprise as well. It seems to me like it's all making it super easy for like a normie to come in and start to do things that, you know, typically uh, you need like a, a, a super nerd to be able to do. So things like setting up a DAO, uh, you guys make it super easy with enterprise uh, with warp things like, you know, setting up like trading bots or, or order limits or whatever uh, you make it really easy, like the click of a button and I guess um, I just like to hear a little bit more about like what is the motives from TFL and and the TFL spinouts to like take this new approach to make everything super normie friendly um, and like what's the thought behind all that? So I when we were coming up with these with these ideas, um, it was a blank chain, right? Um, so the community voted to basically have this have this fork of Terra two. And um, at that point, there was like nothing on it, right? There's, there's no point of like new people building on this chain, uh, apart from those, you know, that had the emergency Luna allocation. But there was no point from anyone else to just come in, build on this brand new chain uh, because there was just nothing on it. There was no users, no infrastructure. And so 
the thought process behind uh, coming up with these apps and, and, and what apps would be most useful to Terra um, was basically how can we, um, especially during like the next bull market, for example, become the chain with the path of least resistance to both building apps and using applications. Um, and so I, I, I took my experience from, you know, learning, learning how to develop on Terra uh, back in May, I think 2021 is when I started. And I personally noticed that it was super, super hard to like begin developing things. And the most basic things that you could do on chains like Ethereum were just really hard to do on Terra. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever created like a DAO or a multi-sig, but even that back in the day, you had to know how to code to be able to do that. And I feel like for a lot of people, that was a huge barrier. And it just turned a lot of people off. And uh, typically in bull markets, like things move so fast that you don't have time to think and learn. You just want to be able to do. And that's kind of the thesis for, for Enterprise and Warp, where instead of you know, having to learn all these new technologies, they're there available for you. Uh, for Enterprise, you can spin up your project. Um, spin up your DAO, spin up your community within you know a few clicks. As as we've seen on the podcast, you've you've never used it before, and you were able to create a DAO a year ago. This was impossible, and you had to know how to code. You'd need a dev for like every NFT project, for example, and you know it just didn't didn't make sense to have that. Right, and and just to I guess take it just a step further. I mean, for for enterprise, which we used on the. Um, on the podcast, we made uh, we made a, a fake DAO <laughs> called Blumpkin Folk, uh, which people can recall. Um, but you know, just to give people context, if they didn't see it, uh, we just in a few clicks of a button were able to spin up a DAO. Um, I think we did a multi sig on ours that had voted waiting or weighted voting rather. But you could also you know issue a token. Uh, you could issue NFTs that were you know they gave people like membership if they own the nft and all of it was very easy like i could have been you know baking bagels in the back of the shop and doing this on my phone if i wanted to uh and i assume i assume warp is is very similar um what's now now just to clarify though this isn't like um like some ide or like some awesome like tool just for developers to make it easier for them like this is almost like any normie can come in as long as you basically know how to use your computer, you can start to set up like grid bots and trading bots and stuff like that, which we'll dive into. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So initially, the idea for Warp was to provide a decentralized infrastructure layer that allows protocols to you know, achieve automation. And um, just to give a little bit of background on the problem, um, blockchains are built in a software architecture called the actor model. Um, and this means that, you know, for, for some state to change on the blockchain or, or within, any, um, within any smart contract, you need someone to sign the transaction every single time. And so if you want to achieve any sort of automation, um, like, for example, liquid staking derivatives or auto compounders, like withdraw rewards and then compound them back into the protocol, you need either a user to do this um, or a centralized bot. Um, and by centralized bot, I mean, it's just like usually the devs spinning up some bot 
on their server, or AWS or Google Cloud or something. Um, and then basically that's that's what executes the transactions. And this could be this could pose, you know, a few issues. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Astroport um at one point didn't collect or or didn't distribute like the the fee rewards for like two months or something. And then there was like I, I forget, but I, I think it was like a million dollars or more worth of Astro tokens that all got deployed in one moment because someone just figured out that, oh, this should be automated and, and like I should do this. And then that all just got distributed at once. Um, and so Warp aims to solve that um, by decentralizing automation. Um, and the idea is that you have this market of keepers, which are like generalized bots that execute any transaction within the queue. And then users can submit any transaction and sort of pre-sign them so that when a condition is, is met, that job could be executed. So, you know, we, we fall back to the, the, the example of limit orders. So your condition here would be, say I wanna buy one Luna for 1.5 Axelar USDC. My condition would be that the price has to be 1.5 XLR USDC. And then my message would say, okay, you know, swap when, whenever it's the time to do that. And so typically, like, you, you would just wait or you'd have a bot scanning for the prices. But with Warp, you're able to pre-sign this transaction. And then um, if, if your reward uh, going to the keeper basically covers the gas plus a little bit more, then you get this automatic transaction and it acts as a limit order. Um, and going back to your question, um, this was originally designed purely for protocols to, to integrate and to provide like an infrastructure automation layer for blockchains. Um, and then we, we realized that it would make a lot of sense to make like a, a consumer facing side of this as well. And so we began working on uh, technology like, like, like templates, for example where active developers and people who are technically skilled can create templates using their coding knowledge. And then people that don't know how to code can then go look at these templates, see if they're appealing. Uh, for example, like, okay, I want to set up a grid bot. You'd have a developer set that up once as a template. And then regular users can just come in and you know, import these parameters and these variables. And then boom, you have a grid bot. Super simple. Gotcha. So it is very much like um like a developer marketplace where they create these, as you call them, templates. Yeah. Uh and then a normie can come in and, you know, if they if they use it, they can um, you know, if they like it, rather they can use it. Now, is there so uh, before we dive into that, um, can you just walk us through like as a normie, someone that wants to take advantage of using war protocol, um Maybe they want to set a, a limit order or uh, maybe, I don't know, can you do things like arbitrage? Um, can you walk us through, like, what is the user experience? What do they do? Um, and, like, just a quick example of, like, what, what they could do that's, that's beneficial for them. Yeah. <clears throat> so right now we're, we're just working on templates, so it's, it's a bit hard. So I can describe what the, what the user experience is going to be like when we have templates completed. Um, so basically, like, like I said before, there's two sides of the coin here. There's the developer that comes up with the template. So let's imagine um, someone came up with a template for, uh, for limit orders, for example, or for a grid bot. Um, once you have that template to create it, you basically 
um, you have your idea, you submit, you know, your, your execution message, uh, you submit your condition, which will have variables. So for example, in a DCA uh, transaction, um, someone wants to, you know, execute a buy order, you know, every, every X amount of time. So it could be like every seven days or for example. So that would be a, a, a parameter variable that you would have. So uh, how many days should we wait before re-executing this transaction? So the developer would create the like skeleton for this, and then it would open up like parameters for you to choose from. So for in, in the DCA example, your parameter is the amount of days and limit orders. The parameter would be like the price. And then in arbitrage, the parameter could be like the amount of Luna that you want returned, for example, if you're doing a Luna arbitrage order. So developers create these templates. And then once you have these out, it creates like a, mar a market for, for templates. And users are able to select, you know, what action they want done. And then from there, you just input like regular numbers, like, um, like the amount or, 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 or the, the amount of days to wait. And that's pretty much all you have to do. Right. So I have a couple, I guess, follow-up questions based on that. Um, the first one is, as a developer, if you come in and you're creating these templates, and let's say you create, you know, some some killer template, you've you've like broken the matrix, you found out like an unlimited money supply, and you're like, here's the template, input, you know, your parameters, how you see fit, how much risk appetite you have, or whatever. Um, and a lot of people start using that template. Is there a way for you to be incentivized uh, to share that rather than just, you know, keeping it for yourself? So at the moment, no. Um, the idea for templates is that it's an incentive for protocols to instead try out Warp uh, before like fully committing to it, right? And, and just testing it out, seeing how it works. Um, and then, for example, this would be like beneficial for TFM or, or, or for Astroport, for example, if they want to test out limit orders and they think that this could be a good feature, but they just want to see how warp works and, and the intricacies of it, um, they would they would basically create a template here, or it's more of or 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 it's more of like a community function. But at the moment, there's no incentives. It's just you know a, a public service. Gotcha. And I, I remember back in in uh, the good old days, uh, you know, before May, there was a lot of. Um, I don't know, content or just people kind of floating around with Twitter threads or videos. And they would talk about, um, you know, these different strategies where they were, they were using sort of the Lego building blocks of the different primitives, whether it was, uh, you know, TFM or Luna X or uh, just, you know, all these different things that were out there. And, and some of them, many of them still are. Um, how does, how many of those different Lego blocks can warp protocol play with? I mean, is it, is it unlimited? Basically it's up to however the developer builds the template. Yeah, exactly. So you can think of warp, uh, instead of, instead of thinking of it like a protocol, which is typically, uh, a box with a preset amount of, of inputs and outputs, you can think of warp more like a programming language where, uh, warp itself is like a factory of building blocks and the building blocks are only limited by, you know, the amount of functions that you have on the chain itself. So you could use warp to use the building blocks from, from TFM or Astroport or um, like all these liquid staking derivatives, right? Or you can use the building blocks that other protocols create, or you can even create your own building blocks. So like 
when you think of Warp Protocol more as a programming language, um, you can see how this can expand to like literally an unlimited amount of things that you can do with it. And you can technically even write your own software using Warp without even creating a smart contract. So it's basically like a, a, an, an, a, a programming language on chain that has automation built into it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very intriguing. Um, you, you had mentioned earlier as well, uh, briefly, you talked about like keepers. Right. Um, and I know that there's, there's keeper incentives built into this and, and some of the, I guess, economy built around warp. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So realistically, your job will likely be executed if a keeper makes profit on it. Right. So the way the way jobs are created is you have, you know, you create your job, you have your title, you have what it accomplishes. Um, and then you also set a reward. And so this reward goes directly to the keepers, um, as well as there, there's a little bit of a protocol split. Uh, but most of it, uh, the vast majority of this reward goes to the keepers, and they will likely execute it if it's profitable for them. And so right now, the reward is manual. Um, you know, ideally, this is going to be something automatically set based on, you know, simulations on, you know, how much gas your, your, your job is going to take. But typically, like, if you have a job and the reward is the amount of gas plus just a little bit more, then keepers are going to rush to execute it. Um, and this, this theory has been proven by, like, arbitrage bots. Like, if you go on arb bots right now, you go, you go scope out the chain, you can see that arb bots are running 24-7 and they, they execute transactions that even make them a couple cents of profit. And so... The, the, the way that keepers make profit is by executing profitable jobs. And whether they're profitable or not depends on the job creator and how much of a reward they add on to it. So, and um, my apologies if this sounds stupid, but are the keepers almost like like validators on a network? Um, is that a fair analogy? I, they're kind of, they, but, but, but not really. They're they're just bots that that scan for transactions. I, I guess yeah, you can you can compare them to validators in a sense, um, except that they don't create blocks. They just sift through. Um, I guess the job queue, which you can technically equate to to a mempool and a validator, uh, they they decide <clears throat> what transactions have you know enough gas to cover to to cover their transaction, and then they execute based on that. Gotcha. Um, I, I didn't know that was going to be a perfect analogy, which is why I prefaced it with saying that it might have sounded stupid. It's, it's so. kind of similar, actually. <laughs> it's kind of similar. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Warp and like your roadmap. Is there like with Enterprise, you know, we played around with the the open beta. Uh, you know, there's some people throwing up uh, DAOs and stuff. What's what's the roadmap look like for Warp? Uh, can we get our hands on it now? Um, you know, when can we expect to to see it and and start playing with it? Yeah, so basically, we released the testnet version, which was like an MVP of the product, uh, focused solely towards devs. Um, and then we used that as sort of like an experiment to gauge community feedback and what the community wanted. Um, you know, we were talking on Twitter, talking on talking to different protocols, see you know what lacks and and what they would need to like use Warp Protocol. 
Um, and from then, we kind of develop the roadmap of the features that we want. And you are able to test it. It's on uh, warp.money. Uh, if, you, if you go ahead and click on the host of the space, it's in the bio. Um, and you can go take a look at it right now. It's, it's fully available. Um, and then as a dev, you might find it more intuitive than a non-dev. Um, but as for the roadmap, um, after talking to the community, uh, we decided that there was a couple missing features that we needed to add. And we already talked about templates here. And the idea for templates is that protocols are going to be able to create a single template for a job. Um, for example, like a, a DEX could create like a limit order, do limit order job for their own DEX. And then users from then can go and execute that. So that's very, very close to being coded. Um, but we do have some other things that we ideally want to get done as soon as possible before the mainnet launch. And um, so the number one thing uh, here, there's actually a couple things. One is variables and uh, two is looping within jobs. Um, so let's talk about variables first. Because the way we're building variables right now um, basically will serve as a building block for, for templates, conditions, and looping jobs. Um, and so variables are, are, are kind of introduced in templates right now where you can basically set a job, you can set like a parameter within that job, for example, like the price for a limit order, and then the user can basically use that and then input their own data. We're going to take variables one step further. And we're going to introduce two more types. So, so the type for, um, for templates right now is static variables, where during the job creation, you basically import whatever data you need into the job. We're going to create two types of dynamic variables. Uh, the first type is internal. And these run on queries. So um, both the dynamic variables are kind of injected into your message at execution time. Um, and so one of them is um, one of them is is internal, so it runs on on queries, and this basically means that uh, you create a message, and uh, you can import um, import data into that message during execution time. And so this could be useful, for example, for dexes that you need to know the price at the time when you swap. Um, so. Basically, you, you, you can't import the price when you create the job because you don't know what the price is going to be in the future. So internal variables will allow you to say, okay, um, for the price, whenever this job is executing, get the price and then use that price in my execution message. Um, does, that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, so let me try and uh, simplify it for, for dummies like me. So basically, if I only wanted to spend, let's say, like 100 US dollar equivalent uh, on a limit order, but I don't know the price, I wouldn't necessarily know how many of, let's just say, Luna I I'm purchasing unless I get the price at the time of execution. Does that make sense? Exactly, exactly. And so like for, for, for Astroport, for example, right, you have... Um, you, you, you basically have your price that's generated uh, through the UI, and then it kind of builds a transaction based on that. And then here, you would basically uh, get whatever the price is, kind of like how the UI does it. And then when your job, when it's time to be executed, if you don't care about the price, right, you just get whatever the price is at that moment, and then you swap. So it, it would kind of act like a market order where you have, you know, 100 USDC, 
and you want to swap for whatever amount of Luna that gives you and you don't care. Right. So is it fair to say that basically this is like, I mean, this is a tool that someone can come in and just build like any kind of strategy, essentially, um, you know, no, no matter how complex it is, put a nice bow on it, call it, you know, whatever. We'll call it like the Coach Bruce's grid bot extravaganza because he loves his grid bots. Um, and then, you know, and then normies are allowed to then come in and, and use it as well. Yeah, is that that is that is exactly right. And um, I'm super excited to see like a, a community of strategy creators come out of this um, and just see what people can create because there's literally an unlimited amount of things that you can do with this. Yeah, and I think too, just to add to that a little bit, um, you know, when, when you think about where opportunities lie, um, you, you know, oftentimes like the crypto markets, there are... Um, there are inefficiencies in the crypto market, right? And if you've uh, if you've done any studying on like how people make money, it's usually like you make money off the inefficiencies of a market, and that's why in crypto, uh, because of whatever information asymmetry or just the wild west of things being built that people don't know about, um, a lot of times people can become you know quite profitable in a market like this. And you know Luna and sort of sort of the current state of you know terra v2 and where it's at um i think that even takes it a step further because you know we 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 had sort of this wild ride into the sun back in may um but now given something like this where maybe you can start digging into um parts of the ecosystem that you know maybe have some dust still on them that people haven't looked at in a while and i think there's a ton of uh inefficiencies and and therefore opportunities in the space. And so um, it'll be definitely interesting to see like, you know, what comes out of this, I, I guess, you know, just for my own sake, um, I'm curious. So I get the whole like, you know, marketplace um, of, of templates idea, but like, what's, what is the benefit for protocols to come along and test this? Like in the TFM example, would that be something like they're just, essentially testing like uh, how limit orders would work on their own site and then they can use that template and essentially just turn it into a button for any user to come along yeah so the the idea right now is that warp is a very experimental protocol it's it's still in beta still hasn't been tested and so there might be a lot of hesitancy uh within protocols to just you know bite the bullet and and integrate this without ever having tested it and I, I, I personally think that that creates like a, a lot of liability for the protocol. Like if they do something wrong or if they're unfamiliar with this and this is like directly integrated within their web app, it, it might not be desirable for them to do that. And so they might avoid uh, warp altogether and then go for something that's been tested, like, like running their own bots on, on AWS, for example. And so templates are allowing protocols to test warp without actually having to integrate it on their website right away. And so if you create a template, it, it, it remains on, you know, the warp website. And then it's, it's way easier and way more appealing for a protocol to just create a template rather than redesigning their whole web app right away for a brand new technology. And so we're hoping that protocols try it out. Uh, they like it. They see that it's better than, you know, creating bots they're able to fully decentralize their protocols from this. They like it. And then once, you know, the templates have been tried out, 
uh, people use them, they see that they work. Uh, the step after that would be, you know, implementing it directly into the protocol, into the UI. Got it. Got it. So it's almost like a, a testing ground, a playground for uh, for these protocols before they put their stamp of approval on it and, you know, brand it with their fancy colors and whatnot. Yeah, right? yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, my, my thesis is to be the path of least resistance. And to do that, you, you have to make, you know, testing costs and, and switching costs super, super low. And I feel like this is this is the lowest that you can make it. Just, you know, house all of the templates on, on the Warp UI. Uh, you can create them. Anybody can create them. It's fully permissionless. And then you kind of try it out from there. So as a dev, um, you know, somebody that's listening in or, or hears the replay or just stumbles across Warp, what are some of the, um, I guess, like languages or, or tools that you should be familiar with that would make using Warp and creating templates easier for yourself? What's, what's good to know before you dive in? So JSON, 100% is a must. Uh, our entire protocol runs on, on JSON. All the messages are JSON. Um, Cosmos, Cosmos runs a lot on JSON. So if you don't know JSON, then you're kind of going to be lost. Um, and another thing is that if you want to get you know, the most use out of, um, out of Warp Protocol, then knowing JavaScript as well would be very useful because we're developing an SDK um, where you can create templates, you can create jobs using this SDK. And you get a lot more advanced features here than just going through the UI. Right. Gotcha. Um, definitely super exciting, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this and uh, seeing what templates come out of this. Let's talk a little bit. We, did, we covered roadmap um, near term. What do you think uh, as far as like when mainnet might come out or uh, you know, longer term after that? What's kind of the vision for this whole thing? Yeah, so... Um... There, there's, there's a bit more on the roadmap that, that I actually didn't get to. So we, we talked about internal, um, in, internal dynamic variables. There's also external dynamic variables. And this is an idea that we got from, you know, discussing with TFM is they, they're a DEX aggregator and not just a DEX. And so a lot of their data is actually calculated off chain um, before, before it goes on the chain. And what I mean by this is uh, Dex aggregators use routing systems. And so they, they have a server that basically calculates the most ideal routes for, uh, for your transaction and then pastes that into your UI, which you're then able to use. And so since this data is calculated off-chain, um, we, we realized that it, it would be really beneficial for Warp to have external parameter injections as well, where... Uh, job creators can specify like a link to where you can get this data. So where you can get this route, for example, um, as well as like a path to, to the data within that JSON that's returned. Um, and, then, and then as kind of the internal queries work on execution, the keeper would get this data from off chain um, and then inject it directly into um, in, in, into the job as they're running it. So here, um, if, if a user has a DCA order on um, using TFM, they would get the most ideal route at time of execution, kind of inject that route as they're running the job. And then uh, that route would, be, would basically be used in the transaction itself. And so 
there's there's the external version. Internal uh, again is is run on queries, and then external is run on external APIs, which are then kind of injected by keepers. <clears throat> um, and so once once we have variables, this introduces uh, fully recurring jobs because with variables, you can also introduce functions. And functions are pretty much just basically where you change your variables as time goes on. Um, and so your, your job could either, you know, get executed or it could fail. Um, and then depending on whether it fails or passes, you want to do like different things. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to run the example of, of DCA orders again. So say I want to buy Luna every Friday. Um, and then I would specify when I'm creating my job that like if the transaction fails for some reason, um, I would want to immediately retry it, right? But if it succeeds, I want to retry it in seven days. Um, and so you'd have the variable here, right? The variable would be seven days. Um, and then you basically add seven days on top of that if it passes. Um, and then you just retry the transaction as is if it fails. Um, and so the, the function here within the variable would just be adding seven days um, and then this way you could basically create recurrent jobs that just basically self-replicate um, after they pass or fail, which is going to be super interesting um, and super useful for protocols like liquid staking derivatives or auto compounders that have to, you know, um, periodically do something on the chain. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, now, how much of all of this is is built out and then you know, I, I would be remiss not to ask when, when mainnet. So um, what is the timeline looking like for all that? So I, I, I don't have a direct timeline because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's experimental technology in, in the works. Um, we're, we're designing some options uh, here, here at TFL. But of course, you know, if, if someone beats us to it and just because our code is open source, it's, it's on GitHub. Um, if you want to beat us to it and kind of implement your own version of variables or, um, or, 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 or templates or functions, um, obviously you could do that. Um, I'm not expecting it to take too long um, to, to build out. We've, we've already kind of fleshed out the skeleton for, for how variables are going to work, for how functions are going to work. It's just a matter of like implementing the logic. Um, and then once we have the logic for both variables and um, and recurring jobs, um, then it would make a lot of sense to to run this through an audit, um, run it through an auditing firm, and then kind of when that audit finishes up, um, then then it'd be released to mainnet and and taken out of beta. But no no exact timelines on on when that's going to be done. It's it's all it's all dependent on you know the development speed and, and how fast that goes. I saw you guys mention somewhere, I, I might have been on Medium, um, that incentives paid out to keepers uh, for now was going to be Luna, but that eventually you would introduce a warp token. Is that still the plan? And can you talk about like some of the tokenomics surrounding that, if so? Um, I, I think this really depends on you know, a lot of community discussion. And we kind of want to open it up to the community to decide um, you know, what makes sense for the protocol going forward? Um, and I, I think eventually a token would allow the protocol to be fully decentralized if, if that's like the benefit of it. Um, but then the downside of a token is that it gets a bit more difficult to calculate fees. 
um, since fees are paid out in you know the denomination on the chain that 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 it's currently on, it's kind of easier to simulate like how much that reward is supposed to be. So in in that sense, it's super beneficial to um, to have you know most of it being paid out in um, in in the native token on which Warp is on. And so I think before like we introduce any sort of you know token and incentives, it's important to test out the protocol, make sure it works, um, you know, on on the chains that it's on using the native denominations. Uh, making sure that the tech is super sound, and then once we have you know a bunch of use cases, a bunch of usage here, um, I think it, it'd be worth for the community to um, to revisit this and then and then see what the best path forward is for that, uh, whether incentives are actually needed or not. But it's 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 definitely an option that that the community can pursue. I hear you choosing your words carefully, and uh, maybe even like. Uh like tipping your hand that this could be on other chains other than Luna. Um, I, I think it should be Luna only. So don't build on any other chain, just make it <laughs> Luna only. And then keep Luna as the, as the token for incentivizing the keepers. And then it'll just be like this uh, innate benefit of, of building on Luna. So that's my, that's my take. That's my community vote right there for you. Oh yeah, there you go. And so definitely up for debate. Um, you know, it could be like deployed on feather chains as well um, that that use Alliance and, and have Luna on them so that, you know, you, you could pay your fees with, on, with Luna on different chains that could also benefit the, 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 the Terra ecosystem in a more indirect manner. Now, that's a good idea. Yeah. I can tell you thought of that before. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um. Vlad, if there's anything that we haven't covered or uh, if anybody listening wants to hop in and ask questions, um, the floor is open, of course. But uh, if there's anything that we haven't covered, um, you know, what's what what do you have left to uh, to announce or talk about? Basically, I, I, I think the next steps right now in terms of development is um, making the developer docs really nice. Uh, making the developer experience super nice because the goal is to invite anyone that wants to participate in building, you know, this decentralized automation and this protocol to be able to do that um, as easy as possible. Um, and as, as you know, Warp is open source, the floor is open to anybody that has good code and good idea. And now we just kind of want to want to make it as easy as possible for devs to to go and participate in this. Um, and, and make it truly, you know, this decentralized community built effort. And do you guys have like a Telegram channel or something? Like where's the conversation happening for, for the devs that are building on this? Yeah, Zion, do you have, do you have links to that in like a, a link tree or something? Yeah, we have links to that. Um, if you go to the Warp Protocol uh, Twitter account, you can see uh, we actually just recently tweeted about this. <clears throat> um, and we linked to both the Telegram and the Discord. The tweet was from December 19th, so if you scroll down a bit, you can see it there. Yeah, so basically the, the conversation's open on Discord. Um, there's actually some, some guy participating a lot. Um, his name is BBBBBBOC, um, and he's kind of been bringing up bugs and, and feature requests and just asking for things to do. So... If anybody wants things to do, there's a lot to do on Warp. 
um, a lot of development that needs to be done. Um, always, always open to having more people do it. Yeah, and I also heard that you guys have a huge budget and you're willing to pay a ton of money to everybody that comes over <laughs> and develops. So, <laughs> cool. Um, well, if if uh, there's anything left unsaid, Vlad, um, let us know. Honestly, if there's if there's any other questions that that we haven't answered or our our medium article hasn't answered, then then I'm down to answer those. The other thing to mention uh, briefly before we close this thing off, if there's no questions in the community, is um, you guys can head to warp.money to get more information on Warp Protocol, link to the web app, link to the docs, uh, and a breakdown of some of the key features of Warp Protocol. So definitely check that out as well. Yes, sir. So there's docs. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, the docs and the web app itself. Make sure you're on testnet uh, before you go on. It's not, it's not deployed um onto mainnet like older versions are but it's it's not connected to the ui um so just make sure you're on testnet for the web app to work with the most up-to-date version and and yeah go try it out actually i do have one more question as i look at the web app if i wanted to become a keeper what's what is the uh process to do that yeah so you could go ahead into the docs and um let me let me actually check this to make sure I'm guiding you in the right direction. But if you go to docs.warp.money, um, on the left-hand side, you'll see um, Get Started. Um, and I, I believe it's actually in there. And if not... There's, oh, a, it's, there's, it's actually, a, there's yeah. actually a keeper guide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a keeper guide under guides. And if you want to become a keeper... Um, you download the GitHub repository. Uh, you go to the uh, you you clone the repository. Yeah, you add your mnemonic to the .n file. Um, and don't worry, this stays on your local machine. It's not being sent over sent over to us or or anybody else. Um, it it remains on your computer. Um, and then you literally run two lines of code uh, from the repository, and that's just yarn install and then yarn start. And you basically have a basic keeper bot running, and anybody could do this. Uh, as long as your computer's running, you could run a keeper. And then, as soon as this gets to mainnet, you can kind of tweak it to only run uh, if if the job is profitable. And then from there, you could basically, um, you know, potentially make profit if you execute jobs that that you know cost less than the reward. Solid, excellent. Um, well, you heard them, folks. Head over to warp.money to see it in action. They also have their docs there um, or follow them on Twitter. They are the hosts of this uh, particular AMA and uh, get over on discord and hang out with BBBBOC or whoever that is and start talking about how to make some money on warp. This sounds really cool. I'm excited to see some of the templates that come out of this. Oh yeah. Same. And uh, I'm, I'm actually reading the comments right now. I didn't know this, but Twitter, Twitter spaces has a comments feature. We do have a couple questions here. So one from Alex is, how do we check that the external APIs uh, variables are correctly fetched and inserted? Um, yeah, so, so this is actually a design problem that, that we're trying to solve. Um, and for, for routes, for example, um, which, is, which is the main uh, use case that we're thinking of for, for external injections, you could basically gate this using conditions 
Um, and then as long as, you know, your, your message runs and, and executes, as long as you're getting, you know, the minimum Luna or, or for, for whatever you're, you're buying, as long as you're getting the minimum amount there, you can gate it within your condition to make sure that that actually happens. Um, for, for other use cases, we're, we're going to have to think of other use cases and, and see how to gate that. But ideally, like if there's wrong data being inputted, um, then it's just going to straight up fail out. The keeper, the malicious keeper who tried to do this will just be penalized by the fact that, you know, they, they wasted gas on this. And then ideally, that's it, right? And you'd only accept inputs that are either correctly formatted or return you a correct amount of information, which can be gated by conditions. A couple more questions here. Can we input parameters in the template as per arbitrage strategy taking? I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but you can, like variables are going to allow you to import anything into your transaction message um, as if it's just a variable in like a programming language. So um, you could replace anything within your message with anything that you want. Um, and so that's that's just basically going to allow you to you know, for example, if you want to use Luna X instead of Luna, you're going to be able to do that using, you know, the asset parameter saying, okay, I want to use this asset this time, or I want to use this asset. Um, and then, you know, that that's just based on how you set your variable. Um, and I think, I think that's it for, for warp questions that I see here. Uh, so if there's anything else, feel free to, you know, hop on as a speaker. Still have about 13 minutes left. Um, I can answer can any, me? any queries. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we can. All right. I think, think that looks like, looks like it's it. Sweet. All right, Vlad. Well, we appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to seeing this thing uh, as the community grows and builds out some of the templates that you talked about. And uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I think, um, you know, given the, the backdrop of our industry as of late, um, Everyone's down bad, but we had a six month head start on being down bad and now everybody's uh crying and we've already got shit built. So <laughs> Exactly. And <laughs> we're yeah, yeah, we're we're on a good path. Um I think, you know, tech tech is growing on Luna on, on Terra, I mean, at a very rapid rate. Um and super excited to see to see what's gonna happen. I think, you know, we we have a really solid foundation here. So as long as as long as people come build, I think I think our community is bound to thrive. Sounds good, fellas. Well, um, I guess that's it. We'll wrap it up here. All right. Thank you so much for hosting it. Really appreciate it. And um, see you guys next time, potentially for, for an enterprise talk. <laughs> Hell yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll get, we'll give you the latest update on the, uh, the Blumkin folk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Warp Protocol Community AMA, recorded on Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shrooms Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role 
Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls handed reports in The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Energy always gets the best of me when I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes. Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch. No shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed. Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash. Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch. Better let the missus know where you hit the stash. Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps. Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines. And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies. Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise. Chastised into digging holes in the back nine. The latest proof. Ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Two spaces.